0: Welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is my main man Brandon J Flippin and we got another guest here like pretty much always at this point. Brandon, you do the intro.
1: All right, this is a special guest been on the show this is the third time now. Our guest is YouTube and TikTok sensation Stephanie Telly. She's joining us from the beautiful state of California where she spends time making content with storytelling, reviews of products, and is a self-proclaimed shit talker if you're wanting to hear a perspective on why that girl isn't texting you back make sure you check out her advice on TikTok. Uh, again a three-time guest of the show and with a very warm welcome back hello Steph how are you doing
2: hello always a pleasure oh my gosh I can't believe it's been so long I'm so happy to see you guys
1: man I think the last time we did this I was in Rochester still yeah it was Pre-pandemic, yep.
0: 2019. It's been a really long time. We talked about Ghost that last time. Life
2: was so different back then. <laughs> it was.
1: Who knew what was going to all occur? I moved to Chicago mm-hmm. since then and lots of stuff. So we're going to have a lot of catching up to do, but you want to tease the topics of yeah. discussion?
0: okay. So got the tease today. I think I'm capable of doing this. <laughs> the inclusion of TikToks as a platform for content creation. You're going to just I robotically just, read this I, whole thing? I, I'm going to read all of these like a robot. The difference between making YouTube videos and TikToks, goals for the content creation, and last but not least, we're going to play the world-famous game most known for the success in the Philippines, Movie Critics Must Go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's so random. <laughs> no, no there's a in
1: the Philippines. Just, okay. just context for our audience: the reason Stephen read that so just robotically <laughs> is uh, it's it's better. We we've developed somewhat uh, of a system where you know. Steven reads things better if he's the one that writes them. If I'm the one who writes the outline of what we're going to talk about and he hasn't spent a lot of time reading it beforehand, we're doomed. We're doomed. Completely doomed.
0: (laughs) And and to give even uh, additional context on that, I used to be a radio DJ for about a year, and I had to read those uh, liners, which are advertisements, and I cannot tell you how awful i am at reading those i would miss whole lines sentences make things up not to mention sometimes i would read like what song was coming next on the radio and like no i would like call the band the song and vice versa one time i just called it a christmas album it wasn't a christmas album at all no idea how my mind works sometimes it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> <It's amazing.
1: laughs> oh my gosh i'm sure you're really happy you're back aren't you steph
0: I'm so happy to be back. You have no idea. Oh, yeah. The kind of stuff you've been missing out on. All right. So let's let's actually talk about something that has changed quite a bit since last time we have all talked. Last time we talked, I don't think any of us were on TikTok. So that was a little while ago. But now Steph has accumulated over 240,000 followers on the platform. I want to hear a little bit about how you got started on TikTok and what the experience has been like up to this point.
2: You know, it's so funny. My sister told me to get on TikTok in like 2000, when, when it was musically still. It was like 2016. The video's still up, but I was just like, oh, this is just an app for kids that dance. I don't dance. Like, what am I going to get on here for? And then everybody on like YouTube, like when you watch like YouTube tutorials on how to edit whatever, they kept talking about this TikTok thing. So I get on TikTok. I think we had like accounts, maybe like all of us at the same time, but like we never posted. I started posting and it was crap for a year and then i started live streaming and then my somehow i got really lucky i don't know one of my videos took off you know god bless (laughs) because otherwise (laughs) i would be in the dust i probably would have quit
1: well isn't there like a, a certain threshold you have to meet in order to live stream what what are the what are the stats you have to have to do that
2: I think you have to have a, I don't, it might've changed, but when I started, I think you had to have a thousand followers to live stream.
1: Okay.
0: I think that is right. That's what I thought.
1: So uh, tell us, how how do you think you made it to that point even? Like, were you, did you have any TikToks that had seen seen moderate success? Were you just consistent on the app?
2: So... I was trying to do like a lot of trending videos which Mm -hmm. are like the dancings and like the transitions and like i failed so freaking miserably at those and then one day nobody followed me on tiktok so i was like literally i can just post whatever i feel like posting and nobody's gonna see it anyway so i'm just gonna vent right so i'm venting and the videos where i was like speaking like my actual thoughts about relationships Mm -hmm. somehow found like the right audience and like, I don't know, it just it just went from there. <laughs> it yeah. just went from there. I couldn't believe it because you know how we post videos on YouTube and it's like so hard to get views on YouTube. Like how do we get it to like somehow get in the algorithm where someone's going to see it? And TikTok's totally different. Like you can post a video and overnight and go viral. It can also miserably fail, but it can go viral.
1: Mm-hmm. Were you Relatively, Some of the strategies I've seen people say is like, they'll post a video and if they didn't feel the algorithm picked it up, like maybe like it got a hundred views or something, they'll delete it and repost it. Were you doing any like wacky things like that? Not as a wacky, but you know, just like tricky things.
2: I did do. Okay. I'm not like a gatekeeper of knowledge and information. I, I feel like I should be, but I'm not. Okay. So this is what I did. When I started posting on TikTok. I was like, I know that algorithms, every platform, pretty much like if you share or comment, like that helps, right? So as soon as I would post, I would call my best friend and be like, watch my video, watch it three times. I'm staying on the phone with you and share it. I don't care who you text it to. Text it to your mom. I don't care. Share it. And I did that with like two of my friends. And that was the first video that for me got over like, I think it got like 2000 views in an hour, which for me was like a lot,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: a
2: lot, you know, at the time.
1: Gotcha.
0: That's a, that's actually like. Did okay. I answer
2: the question? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah that's that's interesting because when you first like uh, started making these TikToks, did you have any idea as to what you're going to do, or did you just completely trial and error the process in the beginning?
2: No, I trialed and errored it. I tried to do the trending stuff, and that stuff just didn't. It didn't work for me. I'm I'm probably just like not unique enough or didn't stand out enough, but like. I think that when you speak t- about things that people can relate to and they understand that nobody else is really like touching on, that's kind of like maybe sensitive or controversial or whatever. Cause like, it was like relationship stuff. Um, uh, they watch God bless. Thank you <laughs> Thank <laughs> for watching.
1: <laughs> so what about like for you? I mean, we used to have lots of conversation, the three of us just about, you know, our ambitions and, and, and what we were thinking. And, I know that part part of your branding, for instance, is the when I drink, you drink. Like that's that's like oh. a Steph t- Telly staple, right? I'm um, oh. I'm wondering, like, with this trial and error process of TikToks, did you have a mindset of like, maybe when that started picking up, you're like, okay, I'm gonna be the relationships girl. Like, I'm going to try to do this. I'm gonna follow that content a bit.
2: I, it's really crappy, if I can be like completely honest, it's really crappy that when you, you have to niche down because I wanted to post, I'm not, I don't own, I'm not like my whole brain isn't about relationships 24 seven. And it really sucked. Um, at first it really sucked that like, if I wanted to post something that was like a trend, people didn't care. They only cared about my relationship content. So I felt very like boxed. Like I could only post about that. And that's the only thing people like would watch. But then Oh, the interesting thing is when I was just posting videos about relationships, that's all people want to see. But when I started live streaming, I feel like people got to know me um, in a more personal way. That's like, oh, like I like her as a person. I don't care just if she has like, you know, opinions on relationships. They would support me in my other videos. Hmm. So I think live streaming really, and it, it connected me more with like, the people who were following me, like Mm -hmm. I feel like we're like friends as to before it was like we didn't have that like connection. I really love live streaming, man. It's like so, it's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually, I agree with that a lot even for my own videos. Like everyone always wanted me to talk about Chicago, but doing live streams, people are like, oh, I actually like other things you can talk about.
1: So I definitely feel a very similar way in that sense. Well, it's like the, the content when you just like put out a video or you put out a TikTok that it kind of forces you to be niche to a certain extent because you have to have a message. You have to have an audience that, that that set content is driven to. But if you build a community of some sort or an audience of some sort and they come and show up at your live stream, it's just like you're hanging out with a bunch of people who now you just get to talk to. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure that was liberating to uh, you know a little bit where you got to do more because you talked about not not necessarily liking you know, focusing yeah. so much on this one part of you, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly that.
1: Yeah.
0: Were you able to notice any trends on what type of videos that you were doing? Like, like could you release a video and be like, this is the one that's going to get a lot of views? Like, could, did you have a good sense of that?
2: <sighs> There's only been two times where I was like, this is going to go viral and it actually semi went viral but every video that i had that my top videos there was only one that i was like okay i planned it like this is it and it actually worked the rest of them were just like random i filmed it last minute like those are the ones that pop the ones it's so crazy the ones i worked the hardest on no views like no views it's so crazy yeah. So I'm not, I can't like predict it. I think it has a lot to do with timing and when your audience is online and mm. then also how long you can keep people engaged, like prefacing. This is for me. I don't know. I'm not an expert. Like for me prefacing what I'm about to say people, I lose them immediately. Like I have to just say what I'm trying to say. Ah. That probably was very repetitive, but if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> no, no, that, that's, that's good insight. I, I think, you know, with all of this stuff, uh, you know, content creators in general are trying to figure out, I, I, I don't think there's any secret formula just that, oh, you plug this in and then everybody's going to be successful. But I think that when, when you do see some success, you see what kind of works for you. And I, I didn't even really think about, I like specifically thinking about your demographic and when they're going to be online. I, I definitely thought of it in a sense of like, You know, people say you should post a YouTube video on two o'clock on Tuesdays. That's the best traffic. But I didn't really think about, but what's my audience? And when is my, because my audience is probably typically mid to mid twenties to third, like older, like adults, not older adults, but just like older young adults, I guess. And so they probably have nine to fives. So me posting at Mm -hmm. like four in the morning is probably not a good idea. Or me posting at noon during the day, probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. So that makes it's sense. It's so
2: crazy. You know what though? I love learning from other people's growth and their posts. Like if I, so I follow a lot of like other you know creators. Like I follow Stephen. I follow uh, all you guys. I feel like on on TikTok, and it's like if I see someone picking up, I'll go to their profile and I'll study their videos and be like, oh, these are the type of captions that like I'll I'll steal not steal, but I guess kind of like yeah, be what's it inspired right. by what they're doing?
0: Yeah. You kind of have to be with social like, You media. can you always learn from adaptable. other people,
2: you know, what was that?
0: Yeah. You kind of just have to be adaptable. Like you have to like, mm-hmm. when you see something, you have to take in that information and, and modify what you're doing a little bit. If you're always just, if you don't look to others for inspiration, at least a little bit, I I couldn't do that. I, I always need a little bit of inspiration from other people.
1: Yeah. Well, well I, th- I think, I think, I it definitely depends on your goals too, right? Like if you're just someone who's like, I just like throwing up TikToks, it's whatever. Then you know, I, I I'm sure that person it doesn't matter as much. But I think in the three of us, we've all wanted success out of this stuff, right? We've all wanted yeah. something to pan out from the the creations that we've made. So I think paying attention to those analytics to you know at some point or you know, learning from other people, you know, seeing what's, I mean, I, I've taken that a big time on Twitch where it's like, I've that platform, I've spent way more time networking than any other thing I've done. So I'm in people's communities. I'm talking to people. I've kind of noticed that certain people grab like a certain audience gravitates towards this kind of game. And that kind of audience likes me when I'm doing my thing. So it's like, okay, you can pick up on this stuff. And uh, as much as you might want to have the purest form of artistic integrity and creation, it's like I also just want I want to do this. So it's that balance, mm-hmm. I think.
2: Yeah, I feel like all of us genuinely have a passion for like connecting with people in a way that is through social media, and like com- it's just like your message can get to so many other people than just in person, which is so insane. Internet is crazy. It's so yeah. crazy.
1: Um, before we go on to like the next point, I do want to ask one thing I have noticed in looking at other people's success is I don't see, so I'm going to describe something like, I don't see a good conversion rate when it comes from one platform to the next. And what I mean by that is I've seen Twitch streamers on TikTok have hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok and then I'll go to their Twitch channel and I have more followers than them on Twitch, and I'm just like I'm not even close to your success on TikTok. How have you not even just by like a small percentage surpassed me? Um, you know, are you not streaming enough? But then I'll look and they they're consistently streaming. They're you know they're they're doing their thing. Um, do you feel like in the platforms that you do? So you you know YouTube, Instagram. I don't know how. Uh, frequent you post on Twitter. Do you feel like your success on TikTok, do you see a good conversion rate for those other platforms or do you feel like, nah, I kinda gotta focus on TikTok cause that's where everybody stays.
2: The interesting thing about any of your accounts is that you know as a creator that any moment it could just be deleted. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, I mean, I, that was like the whole Vine like epidemic or whatever. Like it just like disappeared and everybody was like, what do I do? So I think it's really important to try to get people to move over to your other platforms was super difficult unless you remember. Like, for me, if I just say, if I just post a TikTok video, I don't get that many followers like convert over to my Instagram. It's zero conversion to my YouTube because it's two totally different audiences. Like, my YouTube is like makeup re- reviews and all things that like really like females are gonna watch. Mm. And then my TikToks are like, males watch it because it's, like, relationship stuff from a woman's perspective, and they're curious, right?
1: Right.
2: Um, Instagram, I'll get, I'll get, I get, like, a decent, like, not, like, crazy, but, like, decent if I remember to be, like, hey, follow me on Instagram, please. But a lot of times I don't remember to do that. But with the dames that I do remember to do that when I'm live streaming, I'll get, like, like, when I was live streaming every day, it was, like, a decent amount. Nothing, like, crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like... I think it, I would, I could get like 50 followers a day or something from a live stream. Um, but that was when my live streams, I don't know why I was getting like a lot of people. I think, I don't know if they like shadow banned me, you know, oh my God, sorry for using that term. Cause it like doesn't exist or something, but um, like now I don't get that many, as many views. I don't know, dude, y'all know how these platforms are. They're like all over the, or maybe my content's just crap now. Who knows? <laughs> you never
1: know. <laughs> No, I definitely think there's some stuff that goes on in the backgrounds that we're not aware of. Yeah, that's why you you can't
0: take it so personally
1: sometimes when you yeah. do
0: something. You're like, wow, I feel like my content's been better lately, but the numbers don't always indicate it. Like that's why it's tough to be consistent for that reason sometimes because you can get discouraged.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I realized that. Like, I posted a okay. So for a long time, I thought I was like shadow banned. Okay, here's what I'll say, and I don't know if this is true. But I do think that newer accounts on TikTok get like a boost. I really do think that. And the only reason I say that is because I made like a second TikTok account just to test the algorithm. Like I was like, am I shadow banned? Like, am I crazy? Because I feel like this video is really good, but it's not taking off. Like it's just not going anywhere. And I posted it on both accounts at the same time. And my new account got like 1.2 million views. And then my current account, like my bigger, quote unquote, bigger account has like, it
1: had like
2: 4,000 views. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
1: That's pretty smart to like get that real time data to like see what's actually happening here. That's like, I totally wanna do that with YouTube now. That's actually a really like interesting
0: idea. Everyone should probably do that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah,
2: like definitely test it. I think that's a lot about being a content creator is testing the algorithm Mm -hmm. and seeing like, hey, is it me or like, is it my account? Do I need to change something on my account? Am I posting things that are too like, controversial maybe TikTok doesn't like that um but then I will say though that a lot of my content just straight up like I thought it was good but not everyone else thought it was good clearly because like I'll post like now recently I've been posting videos more frequently and I'll get I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Why this video got like X amount of views because like it wasn't really that engaging. But this one, it like I had a hook in the beginning, and you can kind of tell like over time. But it's really hard to be, um, because you're like biased when it's your own work. It's really hard not to, to be like, this is really good, and it's like, no, it's not those stuff. It wasn't good.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: I do think like practically speaking, if overall you. I I think there are some overall trends. Like, there's for sure some luck involved with social media. But I think if you overall do the right thing, eventually things should start to go in a positive direction.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I think that if one thing that I can say to anyone that follows, you know, Brandon, Steven, or I, everyone knows that if you watch the video to the fullest extent, you share it. I don't care if you share it to your mom, your sister, your brother, your second phone, share it and comment that will help so much. And I feel like the people who, who like really support us know that. And even if they don't like the video, they'll do it anyways. And shout out to you because that helps so much. It really mm. does.
1: Yeah. It gives a little boost for sure. It Cause it really it pays does attention to those, those numbers and stuff, especially on YouTube. Cause right. The, the engagement is mm. the hugest predictor of how the algorithm is going to take that video. Like that's why it was funny. You talked earlier about like the ones that you spend a lot of time on and you're passionate about. They're not, they don't do as well. And the ones you're just like, whatever. I feel like you've had that a couple times uh, on times. I
0: talk about this all the time. Like I, literally oh, in okay. 2022, I said that I'm stripping down my YouTube videos and going as bare bones as I possibly can, because the more fancy things I do, the less success I have with it. So I'm just like, let's do as I mean, not that I'm not gonna try. Like I, I know what I'm doing at this point, though. I don't need anything. I no bells and whistles because I do feel like yep. people appreciate real. And I feel like over time, YouTube in particular, TikTok too. But everything's becoming more and more like better produced, and that's not what mm-hmm. any of this was supposed to be about. This was supposed to mm-hmm. be the opposite of super corporate. And I do feel like I want to go against that. Like I just don't want to be a part of this like super high production all the time. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. that I was ever doing super high production. <laughs> but
2: you know, I feel like, though, no, I mean, it takes a lot of time. Like, the production is crazy. And I think that you have to produce it right if you're going to actually try to produce it. it I mean, it's either going to be very well very well, or, like, super impromptu, and then it's going to hit. Like, it's, like, one of the two. I feel like nothing that's in the middle is really going to hit. But, I mean, who knows, you know? You never know. That's the crazy thing.
1: To, to me, the way that I interpret that is I feel like, again, I I think a lot of times what resonates with audiences is is when they feel like, I I don't know if it's a relatability thing or just something that they can digest easily. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you're crazy good production wise, it's like, okay, I get what this is about. Like this looks really good. If you're just, I'm just raw and just speaking from the heart. It's like, Okay, this isn't about the the bells and whistles. This is just about yeah. the idea that they're talking about or something. But if you get to in the weeds of it, I feel like that's where people get confused or get turned off or I don't know. That, that's just kind of how I interpret it. We want to talk because, I, you know, we've started to kind of touch on the TikTok versus YouTube thing. So, in addition to TikTok, we have noticed that you have continued to post youtube videos and a lot of it has been centered around like reviewing products how do you feel about youtube uh now uh considering like in in terms of since the last time we talked versus now um and then what are the differences for you when you make youtube content versus making tiktok content
2: straight up and i don't want to offend anyone because i i have a lot of friends like now that like You know, TikTok has been so great for like networking, Uh, like live streaming has been for me so great or networking, networking. so I don't want to like offend anyone who does TikTok, but YouTube is so much harder than TikTok. But I think that the monetary value, like I can make more money on, on my YouTube in a month posting two videos than I can on TikTok in a month posting two videos even though i get more reach on tiktok. Mm-hmm. If that makes more if that makes sense. But i think a lot of it is like, you know, affiliate marketing and like sponsorships and all of that. I mean, but tiktok is so good for growth. Like tiktok has helped my my instagram and like i said it's helped networking and like meeting like people with a similar mindset and other creators. Like that has been invaluable to me because it's interesting when you meet other people who want to do what you're doing or who are doing or you know are way like way past your level they'll like share things with you that you're like i never thought about that thank you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah so i do think that youtube is um better long term because tiktok like i can post a youtube a video on youtube and if it's trending it's trending and it'll trend for a month tiktok not so much it'll trend for like a week a month tops tops you know and then it dies i wish it wasn't like that well how do you guys feel about it
0: well, yeah. So, I mean, I've been pretty outspoken that I I'm not a big fan of TikTok. I I, I think it's <laughs> yeah. I com- I completely Sorry. agree that it's really good for growing. I just happen to not like that type of content, so I'm not particularly that good at it and have a tough time figuring out what to do on the platform. But mm. I completely agree that YouTube, if you want like long-term sustainability, you cannot just be a TikToker. I don't think so, unless TikTok evolves. Unlike what Vine did, and it very easily could evolve. I think that my big fear is a lot of people will build up big audiences on TikTok, but then not be able to do anything with it because you don't get to know the person well enough in a short clip. As you said, the the combination of like having to be in this very specific niche, like you just it's not the same connection. I think what makes YouTube my favorite platform and it has always been is that you get to really know these people, and it's really a window into the average person's life without having all of the the bells and whistles, and without having um, like a corporation telling them what to do. It's changed over time; like it's gotten definitely more corporate. It's more fake. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching a reality TV show when I go on YouTube. But I think the best combination is to do. Both of them, like I think that doing both of them is a great idea and you can't really beat the reach of TikTok, which as much as I don't like the platform, I admit it's a, it's a great platform in terms of giving everybody a fair chance or as close as you're going to get to a fair chance to shine on something. Facts.
2: That's facts. The reach on TikTok is crazy. Yeah. What do you think Brandon?
1: Well, so I... I've been trying to evolve uh, my perspective a bit on all these platforms. Um, Once I started doing Twitch, a lot of my thought process was, I love this. I love this content. I think I'm really good at it. um, And I'm growing the most on this than I've grown on anything. So I want to really focus on this. And then all these other platforms, I'm just going to utilize to help my Twitch. So I was like looking I was like I'll post TikToks of my stream clips and then maybe it'll bring people to my stream and stuff. But I feel like then I started kind of analyzing the conversion rate that we talked about where it's like but I see these people that have huge audiences on TikTok not successful on on Twitch. So there's there's got to be something different and my thought process is what if I looked at each of these as their own independent entity like i tried to make tiktoks not to like push people to my twitch but i tried to make tiktoks that i think could be successful on tiktok like just try to grow that platform and then my youtube videos how do i make youtube videos that i think could grow on youtube and and then just with my like everything is its own thing and if they happen to help each other Sure, that's a that's a cherry on top. But what if I try to be successful on each of them individually and let them bleed into each other as they will? I don't know. I'm, I'm testing this out, so I don't know if it will, uh, you know, pay dividends. But the one thing I feel I've also taken away is in a lot of the content. I mean, content creation is a very oversaturated market. There are so many people that are content creators or influencers. And it's like, how do you really stand out in this huge crowd, you know? And I feel like, you know, this is something we've talked a lot about with the podcast is when we were just doing episodes of just us, like, I love our conversations. I love us collaborating. I love our dynamic and stuff, but who wants to listen to two dudes just have random conversation? Just like two, what's different from us? Not even our parents, to be honest. Not even our parents. (laughs) We're just two Midwest white dudes just like talking about random shit. It's like the only way I think that's going to be successful is if we were already well-known. And people are like, well, we like those people. I also want to know them. I also want to hear what they have to say. So I'm like, okay, how do you reverse that where it's like, what do we do to use this to grow and the my thought process you got to do things that people want to see and like they come for this thing and then they stay for you mm-hmm. so for instance like maybe for tiktok do hopping on some sort of trend thing that is still my identity, but I can have my identity within that trend so that the audience is already there. The audience is looking for that trend, but then they see me do it and they like my version of it. So they stay for my version. That's, that's kind of how I've started to process this. And I don't know what your, what your thought is on that.
2: No. Yeah. So how we were talking about how live streaming brings like that extra connection. I Mm -hmm. think that's where it helps. It's like, Like you said, like they came for one thing, but they stayed for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that connection is so, to me, it's so special. And like to the point where it's like almost like my therapy. Like if I have a bad day, I'll like go, I'll be like, I'm having a bad day. Like, and instead of sulking, I'll be like, you know what? I'm gonna go on live stream. Cause this is one thing that I've learned every time I I live stream. Although people can be negative on the internet. There's always trolls, you know, but that's like comes with the territory. It's like people are also so nice and so supportive and when you you live stream i don't know if it's just me and like maybe my audience is freaking amazing but like i always feel better leaving than i did when i went in do you and but i yeah so that i think that helps with the connection and people staying for you is like that relatability personability and like having an actual conversation with them as opposed to just putting out just content Mm -hmm. and since we all you know like i know steven live streams on uh, youtube and you live stream on twitch so it's like do you agree with that i mean again i'm not an expert i'm just saying my opinion so disclaimer anyone who's listening i'm not an expert but (laughs) this is just my thoughts no not not at all i wish well not it's, it's the
1: it's the thing you said um about not just posting content to post content i feel like that's the part where i think both of us have went wrong Not actually went wrong because i think this is all part of the process but like i i think you are relying on luck a little more when you just are like i'm just gonna make as much content as possible and just throw it up and hope that something hits. I feel like there is, there is a method to the madness. There is like,
0: yeah. Well, especially because like, let's be honest because of Gary V he's just like post as much quantity as you possibly can. So everyone posted things everywhere. And then now I kind of feel like, yeah, no, no, you you have to actually have good content. If you want to be able to separate yourself now, I feel like you're better off just, making less, but making it better. I do think there was a
1: time where maybe it was more quantity, but I think in some ways you kind of got to differentiate yourself a little bit. Well, and I think there already is so much quantity, right? Like you don't have to necessarily supply. I mean, you want to stay relevant. Mm. So there is that aspect, but there also is like when someone's done watching your video, they're going to go check out their next favorite YouTuber or their next favorite TikToker. So you don't, I don't think there's as much pressure to be like, I got to be putting out 20 videos in seven days. Otherwise I'm fucked. You know, it's like, how about I post two really good videos or, you know, what? really good is relative to what we've talked about. But what if I just did that? It's, I think, going to be easier on you, more sustainable for you, but also probably uh, have better rewards for your investment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Can I mention this is like so random, but this is one thing that really helped me with like content and algorithm, or like as much as you know, I feel like I can be helped. But this is like gonna be left field because we haven't talked about it. Have you guys heard of Clubhouse? Yeah. What is it? Okay. Clubhouse? Clubhouse.
1: What's that? It's an
2: app that um is it's it's just voice. It's like it's like if you're at a party, but like it's only audio. There's no like video, nothing like that. It's like, you're having a conversation and it's, so it's an app. And at first, at first it was invite only. So I don't know where it started. I think maybe it originally, it originated or like it opened first, maybe in like Atlanta. I'm not sure where I originated from, but it was invite only. So it was very like, quote unquote exclusive. Right. And so because it was quote unquote exclusive, a lot of like creators and stuff were on the app and you could join in real time with a lot creators and this was i think i joined in the beginning of 2020 2021 whenever the app like first came out crap i'm gonna mess this up what year are we 2022 it was the beginning of last year so it was november of 2020 i think i joined and there were so many creators that like i watched on youtube that would talk about how to make youtube videos that were on that app that are still on that app and I think that is, like, a big thing that if I can give anything is, like, when you go to, they'll have rooms that are, like, um, YouTuber content creators, right? And they'll be, like, the YouTubers that you watch, they'll be in there, and you can literally ask them a question. And I think that there's, so there's rooms for that. So there's even for YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. There's groups for, like, anything on that app. And that is... Um, has sincerely helped me so much and the relationships that you can build from that app and people are just like so nice and genuine it can be toxic so be careful don't spend too much time but like I think that is one thing that people don't talk about that really helped me like a lot with algorithms I learned so much from other people on that app so if you, you guys aren't on, it, get on it? it, it's not, it's not invite only anymore. Now it's open to like everybody.
0: Yeah. I got an invite to it once and then I actually didn't go into, which is probably a bad idea in hindsight, but how exactly does it work so that you don't have like a hundred people talking at the same time? How does that part work?
2: Um, so, so basically it's like a, okay, you can start a room. Say I go in and I start a room and like you come into my room, I can invite you up to speak. And then really, it's anyone that has a green badge, it's called a moderator badge. I might be getting too into detail for like this, but like anyone that has a green badge can invite other people. So be careful with who you give a green badge to, because they can invite all their friends. You know what I mean? It's kind of like an unspoken rule at this point, though, that if you didn't start the room, unless you have like permission, like don't really invite other people up to speak, because then some people will hog the stage. But like, for me, there's a lot of people like, for example, I don't know if you guys watch like Roberto Blake. He does a lot of like youtuber like starting videos um at least really really good valuable content he is he was on there i think he still does rooms on there sometimes um but he like shared a lot of valuable insight that i was like oh my gosh i never thought about that and it's like live it, that that app is just invaluable to me like i i cannot express that enough so if you have time join that app I'm not being paid to promote this. It is actually <laughs> a good app. <laughs> it is actually a good app.
1: It, to go back a little bit to the distinction between YouTube and TikTok, because I am yeah. curious. You know, we've talked a lot about you know, so in a way, how to be successful on the on these like one might be harder than the other. But I'm curious about your content. Like, do you feel more passionate about your YouTube videos versus your TikToks? Do you feel one is more fulfilling to you? Like, what's the distinction there? Like, in terms of maybe any part of that artistic integrity, what do you feel speaks to you more?
2: That's a hard question. I really like... That's a hard question. Okay. One that speaks to me more.
1: Yeah. And I I want you to separate... Like, obviously you've had really good success on, I mean, you've had success on both, but like TikTok has That's really blown nice. up for you. <laughs> but like try to separate that external aspect of like, oh, I've grown so much here. What do you like to do the most? Do you like making YouTubes more, mm. YouTube videos more? Do you like making TikToks more? What What is your thing?
2: The end result, I'm way, the end result, I'm way more proud of my YouTube videos solely because they take so much more work and so much more editing time and so much more goes into it than a 30 second TikTok. But my favorite part is live streaming. Like I love like I think that's my favorite part. And that is I only do that on YouTube. I have not tried to, I'm sorry, I only do that on TikTok. I have not tried to do that on YouTube. I want to, but I feel like my, you know, I my audience is not that big on YouTube or not as big on YouTube. So it's like, I don't know if anyone would even care to join. You know, I'm guessing like nervous or like scared and it's a totally different audience. Um, But like I'm more proud of my work on YouTube just because I put more time into it. Um, But as far as like which one I prefer, if I had to pick one, I would say TikTok only because I feel like I have like um, the live streaming. There's like a connection with people that I don't have on my YouTube that I wish I had but I guess maybe I should just start live streaming on YouTube. Do people even do that?
0: He he does it. Yeah. I mean, it. but I will say this though. I stopped. They
2: do it like, like in a big, like kind of like Twitch or like, Yes. I've never seen like people with, they do.
1: So yeah, this is a big change in platforms as of late. So Twitch used to be the monopoly. Like all of the big streamers were on Twitch. And then there was another platform mixer that, kind of poached a couple of the big Twitch streamers, Ninja and Shroud. And they were trying to make a run for Twitch's money, but they just, they couldn't do it. They didn't have the audience. YouTube has a huge audience. It's not necessarily the same thing as Twitch, where people on Twitch are exclusively going for live streams. But YouTube, it's called YouTube gaming. um, But like, you don't have to game on it. Like you can just stream, but... It's got Dr. Disrespect, Ludwig Ogren, Tim the Tatman, like these really big people who like made a name for themselves on Twitch are now coming over to YouTube to live stream because – they feel like the contracts they're getting with YouTube are way better than what Twitch is doing. I mean, I told you before we started some of the bullshit stuff that Twitch will do for affiliates. Like I can make $99 and 99 cents and I'm not going to see any of that money for that month if I don't make a hundred bucks, but that's different for YouTube. Like it'll roll over. Mm -hmm. So I think and to
2: clarify, you're saying that Twitch keeps the money if you don't make it $100 correct. that month. But like, you never see it. even It doesn't roll over to the next month.
1: There are so many people who never see a paycheck but do get subscriptions.
2: That is so crazy. What does that mean? They do get subscriptions. What does that mean? It's like when I did go on Twitch, it was like donate subscribers. I was like, what does that even mean? What do you mean? How am I giving people? So I'm like volunteering people subscriptions that they didn't sign up for.
1: Is that what that means? So there are two... There's Ah. donations, which is like basically people donate to your PayPal or whatever. It's like a super chat. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are subscriptions and bits. Bits are like donations through Twitch. So that helps people's Twitch revenue. But again, if you donate bits and they don't meet that $100 mark, all that money you donated isn't going to your favorite streamer. It's going to Twitch. So bits and then subscriptions so subscriptions is basically let's say you were a streamer and i liked watching you and you were an affiliate i would subscribe to you monthly i would pay like 5 dollars a month to subscribe to you i would get access to your personal emotes and and other things like that you might do for subscribers or whatever and then i would pay that each month and then you get a percentage of the fi- of the 5 dollars that i pay so You, like a lot of people, what happens is they get that affiliate mark. They might have 10 of their best friends all subscribe to them. That's only 50 bucks, just standard. That's not 50 bucks though, because they take a cut of your, um, of, of your subscription. So that's maybe like 30, 40 bucks possibly, um, that you're getting. And, and then it's, you're not getting it because you didn't make the $100 mark at the end of the month.
2: But so, okay, I've seen, and maybe I'm mis- messing up the term, maybe that's where. So I've seen people be like, donate 50 subscriptions. What does that mean?
1: Oh, gift subs.
2: Gift subs, yes, that. Yes. What is that?
1: So gifting what subs, that? <laughs> basically I can go, if if I want people to like support you, but maybe they're not they're not financially able to, or they're not pulling the trigger, I can gift them a sub. So I can pay for their sub. So people That's will do so this. so sweet. Mm-hmm.
2: You can do that? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So I was always confused. Like, I'd be like, thank you for the subs. What does that even yeah. mean? Okay. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Twitch, I would love to get on Twitch, man. I really would. But it's like, this is what I think about. Whenever I focus my efforts onto one platform, I see growth. But when I try to split my time between all these different platforms, I'm like, pretty stagnant on most of them hmm. that's and, and so I don't know if you guys noticed but I took a break on YouTube um, because I was seeing growth on TikTok and I just didn't have time to do both like when you have and this is something that I feel like a lot of creatos, creators struggle with like if you have a full time job and like I'm sure you guys can speak on so if you have a full time job and like you're trying to do content you, when do you sleep when do you see your family You when do you have a really you don't have time to do these things something's gotta give so it's like how do you How do you manage that? And for me, it's like I try my best. I'm trying to manage them. But like I did, this is like factually for me in my experience. When I focused on one, I saw way more growth than when I split my time. What do you guys think?
0: Uh, I mean, I think I mostly agree. It's really hard to balance all of them. I kind of feel like especially you need to have success at one of them first anyways before I feel like you get too bogged down with trying to do all of them. So I think being successful one at a time is probably like the best method hmm. just in my experience.
1: I mean, you and I both split pretty much. Do you feel like when you put more effort or when you split your time, do you feel like your numbers change?
0: Well, yeah, I just feel like for me when I, if I try to like post more on Instagram, then it suffers on YouTube. If I try to go live stream more, I suffer more from having uh, not as good of uploads on my main channel, I just feel like. There is definitely like
1: a perfect balance somewhere in there, but it's hard to find. Yeah. Well, how do you guys see this like in in a future where content creation became our quote-unquote nine to five? Do you think that that philosophy holds true where it's like, well, content creation is my nine to five, so I'm just going to focus my nine to five on TikTok? Or would you say like, okay, now I have all of this time. So now I have more time to balance things. So now, even though maybe my my TikTok is my most successful thing, I'm able to support myself with what I'm doing now. So let me now add YouTube and see how successful I can be on there. How do you see that panning out?
2: Trying to add platforms after you're successful on one?
1: Yeah, like so if, if you were to just become... Like if you were to become just be like, I'm not doing any like corporate job or whatever. I'm just doing YouTube. Would you then be like, what would your priority be? Would you only focus on YouTube or would you say now do I'm like going to two things, maybe like YouTube and TikTok or something,
0: okay. I, or, or maybe, I don't know. That's kind of a tough one. What what do you think, Steph? I, I got to think about it a little bit.
2: Time management, I think, is, like, really big when you're doing, you know, content creation and which is something that, like, is one of my biggest flaws. I'm awful at time management. So, like, it's, like, I'm so bad at it that it's, like, thank God for apps, like, you know, like, Google Calendar and things like that because I can actually allot my time. But I think that's a big issue for me. That's where the bottleneck is time. The bottleneck is time. Um, But if it were to be my full-time job, I think it would be a lot easier. And if I I could afford to outsource, that would be number one. If I could outsource my editing, yeah, that would be number one. That's like my goal. Editing, cause editing, I don't think people realize it's like, oh, like YouTubing just post a video. Like it's easy. No, it's not. <laughs> like if you edit it yourself and you do like the sound, like you guys know if you're listening to podcasts right now, the editing, like anytime, like the video, if you're watching on YouTube when it transitions, like that's each time somebody clicks a button to do that on purpose. So it's like it's all a lot of work. So I think for me, I think outsourcing, if and when I could afford it, you know, some it's somewhere it's gotta take a hit. But when I can do that, I would love to do that. And I think that would alleviate a lot of the time issue.
1: Do you have any people in your life that you could outsource it to that maybe you wouldn't have to pay at this time? Yeah,
2: but I I'm too like I feel really bad because I, I know that's a lot of time and I would never want to, cause people have offered to do that for me for free. And I'm like, I would really feel so genuinely awful because you're not getting anything out of that except for like experience. And you probably don't even need, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I could, I would much rather pay for it because I wouldn't feel like indebted, like indebted was the word debted, debted? Yeah, to indebted. somebody.
1: Yeah. Indebted to them. Debted. Yeah. But I, so this is something I talk to a lot of people about because I feel like this is a common, um, Just in, I don't know if insecurity is the right word, but just like like you're saying, like you'd feel guilty about having someone invest their time. I feel like like you saw this in the music industry a lot. Like managers would take on artists for no pay in the beginning because they believed in that artist to become successful. And then once they became successful, the manager obviously reaps the rewards of that investment. I I think there are investments other in in a lot of these cases where. If I like, so I actually have a friend of mine that edits my YouTube videos now. And part of that, that decision was like, I can't pay you right now, which sucks. I want to pay you, but I, I, I would only want you to do this if you believe that I can be successful and you believe that the time that you spent on this could help me get there because then there's going to be a day where I can and there's going yeah. to be a day where not only can I pay you but then I can also offer your services to other people that I've networked with and now you just gave this person a career yeah. you know
2: true true true
1: so, I, so I i feel like you should i mean i get it i get the 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 personal feeling of like i just i know what it takes to to edit it i cuz i was trying yeah. to edit my i was trying to stream I basically was having two full-time jobs. I had my nine to five, for my corporate job. And then I would stream and streaming as you probably know, like you're on there for hours, you know, yeah. like I'm streaming for like so six hours now. a night almost. So yeah. it's like,
2: wow, really?
1: Yeah. I'm like, when am I going to have time to edit? So I was trying yeah. to edit. And, um,
2: that's why my YouTube, I stopped posting because I was like, I don't have time to edit. Yeah. So well, do you think it was worth it?
1: I, I think so. And I, that's what I'm saying. I think that maybe you should, if you still have that connection or any of those connections of people who believe in you and who believe that that investment will be worth it in the long run, I think that you should take them up on that because I think like your ceiling only gets higher when you're able to invest into these content creation things that you do. Like you've seen success on YouTube. You've seen success on TikTok. What if you could, take away a huge time chunk of editing. So all you had to do was create. Like, I feel right there, your ceiling goes higher.
2: I think that also there's like a certain, I mean, gosh, you're in such a like fortunate situation to have someone who actually knows how to edit. Because I think a lot of times too, there's also the struggle of outsource editing. It's like, like are they going to edit it as good as me though? Yeah. Do they see my vision? Right. How did you... How did you transition from that? Because that's a big thing for me. Like even if somebody offers, but I don't know if you'll do it like how I would want it. And then also if you don't do it how I would want it, because I'm not paying you, I would feel so bad being like, hey, I don't like it. You know.
1: So there's this is actually that's a a, a good question on this because this is Steven's issue too. I think is. I think all three of us are a little bit of control freaks when it comes to our content. Um, I think being a musician helped me with this a little bit because when I would release songs or would release music, I had to let go of the control of what those songs were about or like how people were going to perceive them. And so I think I became more comfortable with like, like I could write a song, one of my favorite uh, like quotes is uh, from the fray where he talked about uh, how to save a life. Um, And he wrote that song like about his brother's life falling apart. And one time after a show, a fan came up to him and was like, that was our first dance song for our wedding. And he, in his mind, he was like, what? Oh
2: yeah. It was like, excuse
0: me. Yeah.
1: It's like, do you know what that song's about? But then, but he didn't say that. He was like, I realize that this isn't mine anymore. When people when people consume it or when people start to take it in, like, you know, I got to let go of that control. Now, it's not the exact same thing when you talk about someone that's helping you create the content. But I think that just that little little bit of like, no matter what, I'm not going to have full control over every aspect of, of how this stuff is perceived or received or consumed, whatever. I think that's helped me a little bit. I think... I, I do think it's important the person that you're working with. So for me, my guy, Patrick, um, he and I do have conversations where I'm like, I'm not going to be extremely hard on you. Like you have to edit it this way because I'm not paying you that there. So there is that you have to sacrifice that a little bit. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to like be this dictator on you and you're investing your free time for a hope that maybe this turns into something one day. Um, yeah, so there yeah. is that, but it's somebody who knows me well enough, who believes in my content well enough that, like, we can still have a grown up conversation about, like, I think that maybe this should be, like, there have been things that I've told him I wanted differently. So, like, not to get too into the specifics about it, but I'll have him edit my live streams. And when he first started editing, He would keep in some things that I was like, this doesn't really make me look that So like (laughs) I play a game where
2: this is bad PR.
1: (laughs) I play a game where you die a lot. Like it's a it's a shooter game. So like even the best players die all the time. And so he would like keep in all of these deaths of mine, and I'm like, nobody wants to go to my YouTube video just watch me die all the time. Like, I want you to keep in my funny stuff, and I want you to keep in like that's actually kind of funny. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it is funny to look on, but I'm just like, like some like knowing the audience that's gonna view my stuff. I know that they're like. They come to my live streams to watch me die a lot. They don't need to also go to my YouTube videos to watch me die a lot. So I'm like...
2: your thing. You're just like always dying. Yeah.
1: Now, so that's the thing too, is like if it was a video of like that was the message, like look how often I die, I, I think it'd be one thing. But like these videos are supposed to be like highlights. And then it's like Hunt Showdown highlights. And then it's just a bunch of clips of me getting my ass kicked. I'm like, these are really fucking highlights. What are we doing here? So... But like I could have that conversation with him of like could we could we change this a little bit like change our approach you know like I'm not going to be this huge stickler but like you can still have an adult conversation of I kind of want this a little bit more if you could do that. Dude, and yeah. it works. Dude that yeah. I would have
0: such I mean at some point I would love to have an editor but I would have such a tough time cuz I do I just don't trust anyone with anything that I would do. <laughs> like cause, Because yes. of things like
2: so, that. I feel like me and you, Stephen, would have a really tough time. Because I'm like, I'm a super control freak. I think more so now that I'm on TikTok. Because I know how important the first few seconds of the video are. Like, the first 10 seconds of the video are, like, the most important part. And if they mess up in the first 10 seconds, nobody's watching your video. Why? Because there's no retention. So it's like... If, if somebody's offering to edit for me, at least if the first 10 seconds are good, I might not be that upset. Like the rest is like not that bad, but if the first 10 seconds are bad. Like I'm gonna have an issue, you know, but I know that the retention is like super important. It's your watch time and watch time is like everything to algorithms. Cause the whole point is they want you to stay on the app,
1: you know? Well, I guess for me, I think the way that I see it is it's, I think it's supposed to be fluid. Like, if Patrick edits something that I don't lo- like if there's one video that I don't like, like I could just not post it or, you know, like we could go back to the drawing board on it. Or I could just say, hey, I'll take this one because I have a specific vision. Like I don't feel like, oh, because I'm having him do this, I have to just let him do whatever he wants and mm. just fuck it, you know? Like I, there's there's fluidity in it of like if it doesn't work out, whatever but all the times that it does work out look how much time it's saving me and like we can grow together we can learn together and you know I, I just think that there is there is some nuance to it where um like I feel like my relationship with him has evolved because now him and I both have goals together on YouTube like before it was all me like it was all like I'm just going to upload these highlights and then him and I were talking about it and it's like you know we've seen some growth but like what can we do better so now him and I have talked about like making YouTube videos that have a specific so again the game that I play I'm going to now do videos that's like oh for this video I used an axe for half the video so now it's like when people go on YouTube they're like Oh, this is what an act what axe gameplay is like in this game, you know? And so it's not just oh, there's this random streamer that's posting YouTube videos. It's like, oh what what's what what is it like to use an axe in this game? So again, to go back to earlier, they come for the thing that I'm using and then they stay for me. So they come for this yeah. message that I have in my video and then they stay for me. And that's just that's kind of like the evolution that him and I have gone through. So we haven't just like all right, Patrick, you take care of this and just fuck it. If it sucks, well, you did it, so it's whatever. Like him and I talk. We have a weekly meeting and all that stuff. So I think it can work. So, so yeah. Steph, so uh, you and I met
0: through Instagram technically, but it was because of YouTube back in mm-hmm. 2018, I think. God, a uh, so, yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a while ago. But one of the things that we talked about, when we first started uh like having discussions was just like how it's helpful to have friends or or peers who are doing this type of thing and, and as Brandon was saying mm-hmm. like with patrick he's he's able to have like a back and forth on discussions on what's working what's not working I think it's it's always good to have other people to bounce ideas off of so other than obviously we'll periodically talk but what about uh have you found you've talked a little bit about like Clubhouse, but what are some do you feel like you're regularly checking in with people to bounce ideas off of? Or do you find that you don't have the right group? And what has that experience been like?
2: Um, so I guess because um, my TikTok grew a little more than my YouTube, a little. Yeah, it grew a little more than my YouTube. Um, I've been able to sort of like network with people who also have like somewhat of a following and and so many of them are like way bigger than me which you know I can't even believe like I'm in their presence sometimes but like I'll like for example like if I had my live streams on TikTok I would be able to save them after the fact and I'd save them to my phone because like I don't know maybe I could have them somewhere maybe one day but um one day like I just couldn't save them and so there's things like that that I would be like, hey, like, are you able to save your live streams after the fact? Or is it just mine that's not working? And that has helped me so much to be like, okay, I'm not crazy. It's not just my account. Everyone's account is like messed up. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think I think that that does help a lot. Um, on YouTube, I feel like it was harder to find people. Like, I feel like I really tried to find, really hard to find other quote unquote new YouTubers, right? I think, I, What did we? how did we find each other? Hashtag new YouTuber? Is yeah, that how we found was, each other? I don't know if Steven. it was
0: exactly that one, but it was one that was like that one.
2: Yeah, like that's how we found each other. So for like any new YouTubers, if you're finding, you're trying to find other YouTubers, hashtag new YouTubers, I think on Instagram is how like me, Steven and Brand. no, you and Brandon knew each other. But like me and Steven found each other through hmm. that. But I think it is very like healthy to have relationships with other people who are trying to do what you're trying to do or who have succeeded or who are even you know like anyone that has the same kind of goal and vision they're probably worrying about the same things and it really helps because you don't know what you don't know and sometimes you'll get this like a little bit of information that will help you significantly like maybe it's like hey this hashtag is trending here like hey if you go live for example this i don't think this works anymore but on tiktok if you posted a video actually it's not working for me okay if you post a video on TikTok and you went live right after, exponentially boosted your views on your TikTok. Like, I would get, like, 10,000 views, even if the video was bad. Like, it would, it would just, like, 10,000. You know what I mean? But if I didn't, it would get, like, probably a 100 max. Um, but anyway, so, like, anyone who's in that space, like, hey, go live. And, like, so kind, too. Like, because I feel like everybody wants you to grow with them. And so they'll be like, hey, you should go live after this. It's boosting views right now. Which really help you know right now I don't think that's working anymore but that was like an example I guess
1: Hmm. well it's it's interesting that you talk about the YouTube thing because I feel like that's one thing we've learned that I feel like Twitch is much more conducive to the collaborative process than YouTube is do you feel like you I mean you have me but do you feel like you miss out on that a a little bit Uh, yeah because I'm thinking
0: other than Steph I mean there's probably been there's been a few people that I've connected with as a result of YouTube. But even if you really think about it, we didn't connect because of YouTube. We connected because of Instagram. Like we didn't like YouTube is not really the platform. Like it was, it was like through Instagram messaging about YouTube, but YouTube Mm -hmm. isn't really a good platform for like
2: messaging
1: each other on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Didn't they used to have messaging and then they removed it or
1: something? Yeah, they did. Way back in the day. That was like, back in my pursuing music days, you oh, can really? message people. Yeah. That's actually something. Oh my God. That
2: must've been so amazing. God, I bet the networking was crazy on the app or on YouTube when you could do that. But yeah, you're right. Like, uh, like networking with people, you have to go through another venue or
0: like email them or something. I don't know. You're trying to. YouTube. Yeah, Yo, YouTube actually like fix that. That would be a huge win. If you could come up with a better system. Wait, there.
2: Yeah. High key YouTube. If you add messaging back, Oh my god like you know how like instagram it has like when you get message requests and you you can filter Mm -hmm. by like top requests yeah so it's like people who are like verified or like have more followers so you can see like if it's like a brand deal or whatever if youtube had that imagine
1: i remember do you guys remember the days on youtube where you could do video responses to people's videos kind of i know that was a thing but i never did it i that was huge for people in the music game like. I, I think I had a cover of uh, We Are Young by Fun that got like a 10K, maybe more than that views because I posted it as a video response to somebody else's cover. And like they, I feel like they used, to, I feel like a lot of these platforms used to have better ways of engagement or like exposure. Mm-hmm. But now it's, I feel like, I feel like there is like the secret society of like, how do you get it? How do you do the secret formula to, to maybe, make it? Maybe successful. they all know. Maybe like all People like the like really top YouTubers know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what was that? Maybe like all the real top YouTubers, they actually do have a secret way of all like messaging each other and keeping in touch. We just don't know it.
2: There is there is okay. So this is something I learned in Clubhouse. Like I feel like because I was like, you know, my friend why, you know, he was amazing to give me that invite because there were very limited time. But for example, on Clubhouse, there's something called back channels where people who started a room or like a topic, we would talk via Instagram DM. And we would all had like, um, we, anybody who was talking or like mo- a moderator in the room, we would all be in this group chat. So in the background, we're talking about like what's, working, what's not working, like if somebody needs to be kicked out, like blah, 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 We're talking about that. And I bet you there is for people who are like high up in like YouTube or whatever, I bet you there's like a group chat or like something out there where everyone's like bouncing off of each other. I guarantee they're it.
1: Secret they're society. It Let's investigate. Yeah. Well, we made it a made, joke. It
2: might not be called a society, but like it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing.
1: We made a joke about how there's like an algorithm machine at YouTube <laughs> headquarters or Twitch headquarters, and we were gonna find out how to get access to it and then boost each other in the stats. Dude, <laughs>
0: More, definitely. It's got to be. I mean, there literally is somewhere. Well, there's that Ludwig
1: video where he made a brand new YouTube and he called Mr. Beast and he was like, do you think making YouTube is luck or is it skill? And oh, Mr. Yeah. Beast said, if you know what you're doing, it's 90% skill. Which for me, I'm like, mm, I think there's more luck that goes into it than that. Um, Wait, YouTube?
2: I think it's a lot of skill. You don't think it's, it's, it's skill? No,
1: I, I think it is a lot of skill, but I think it's also... Like an algorithm, you, you don't get to control whether YouTube picks up a video on the algorithm. So there is luck that goes into does your video get picked up? Like, Steven could do a Chicago video, The Truth About Chicago, which, like, the video was out of focus a little bit, <laughs> like, wasn't his video, best thing. Definitely an enigma
0: that that one has, like, 90 something thousand views out of all just, like, any random video. Yeah. And that <laughs> one got
1: picked up. And then you'll, you'll, like, center everything around okay now let me try to do chicago content because this has got some stuff and then you'll have other videos that have like 100 views and it's like well now you're trying to utilize your skills for this niche that you know works but now nothing hits there there is some truth to that definitely. But, you,
2: but you had a really good thumbnail and a really good title for that which influences if people click on it or not you know yeah. so that skill i think yeah, it's I'm, a little bit both. Of but course, i'm, luck I'm now, not i
1: course. I'm not saying there's no skill. I I agree that there is skill to that. I'm just saying like, so you're telling me in the, when did you make that video in 20? Uh, End of 2018. You're telling me since 2018, you've never had another good video, as good a video with a better thumbnail, maybe better, better recording, maybe some better point. Like you've never even got close to any of that. That was your highlight. I just don't think that that's, I don't think that that's true. I just don't even think statistically that makes sense. Like that video was your, your heyday. I just don't think that that's yeah. why I'm saying like, again, yes, there were skills that went into that, that made that successful. But I do mm-hmm. think that there are, there is luck involved in it. And I think that a lot of content creation, yeah. there's a certain extent of luck, luck mitigation, like putting yourself in the right place at the right time so that you have the chance to do it there's part of that being skill but it's also you could do that a bunch and still nothing hit and i don't think that then it necessarily always means that you're not skilled i think it's the same thing with like when i was pursuing music there were all these unbelievably talented musicians that i knew might not ever make it just because maybe they were born in the wrong era. Like the music that they were unbelievably skilled at wasn't going to make it for them. And I just think that mm-hmm. that's the component of luck that I'm kind of referring to.
2: Yeah, no, I got what you're saying. Like, it's not trending. It's not like yeah. the thing to be doing.
0: Right. I get it. Uh, Do we go in depth on like what the dream case scenario is for Steph? We did not i was gonna say i didn't know if i missed that whoa okay that? So, all right so let me let me ask you as you're um as you've been going through this process and we've we've been talking about this for actually years now since we've known each other for like three years or something like that where where do you see this going um when you, when you look forward where do you see it going where you want it to go what are some visions that you've got here
2: So there is a message that I want to, I guess it's like an awareness thing that I want to talk about. Um, And my goal is when I reach a certain number, if and hopefully if I reach this number on any platform, I want to speak on it, but I want it to be like a number that's like will actually make a difference, hopefully, you know, Um, but like dream scenario, like financially is that
0: way.
1: Could be. Like all encompassing. Like
2: if do this like full time or.
0: Yeah, I'm talking like all encompassing. Like when you think of like your life waking up once you've hit this spot, you're like, I've made it. Like this is the life I want. So what is that Oh, for you?
2: I think. Oh, okay. So I think that if I could live fully off of this stuff, that would be like, okay, I did what I, I came here to do. Like I could live and like create content and provide valuable insights or reviews or whatever it be. I think that's when I would feel like I have done what I came here to do. And then once, if and when I can talk about that awareness thing, which is like a big thing for me. But um, I I want it to be like powerful enough that it actually gets people talking and I don't feel that I'm anywhere near that as of right now. What do you guys think? Can I ask what are you what, When do you think you'll feel like you did what you came to do
0: um so i mean i've I've talked about this before like I want to start my own business and also use YouTube to facilitate it so I don't know if if the business will come as a direct result of YouTube or if I 'll come up with a product that I'll sell, but I want like this this ecosystem where I've got a business so I don't have to be completely dependent on just the social media component of how I make my money and then also be able to create all the content that I want without too many restrictions obviously there's always going to be a little bit when you throw money into this like they you know having to read off an ad or something like that but having some some flexibility and being able to do that because I mean I in, I enjoy doing all that stuff I feel like the life that I have right now is I I like it a lot but I just feel like I want,
1: I, I just always want to continue to be growing. So that's kind of where I shoot yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I think the ideal scenario, I I imagine Um. my, I keep using the nine to five, but that's just what I talk about as like the, the biggest chunk of what I'm doing. I view that as streaming on Twitch. Like that's what I spend most of my time doing. That's what I think I'm best at in a lot of stuff. But I also think it's what I'm, most easily consistent with. Um, so that would be my big chunk, but I don't want to just rely on that because I don't think that that thing itself is um, the most reliable content creation stuff. Cause like you could have months where you get hundreds of less subscribers than you did before. Like even for the biggest you know, streamers. So that's, that's a possibility. And I don't want to just be relying on that. So then I want, this is where like, I've always kind of talked about this dream of kind of being the Donald Glover of whatever I'm doing. Cause Donald Glover was a rapper, you know, Childish Gambino, you know, he was a, a comedian, he was an actor, he was a writer like he he did all these different things and he was so good at all of them. I feel like I have a lot of those interests. So I feel like my nine to five I, I envision being uh the streaming. I feel like I would like to put music back on a priority because I feel like I could my stream people know me also as like the singer who plays video games a little bit. So like I think that there can be some conversion into like people will want to hear my music so I can maybe prioritize making music again and make it on my terms and not have anybody else tell me how to do stuff because I develop my own audience. There's that. Yeah. I would also like to write, like I would like to maybe write a screenplay, um, maybe even do some con- like YouTube content that's like even skit stuff. Like I want my life to be filled with different versions of content, but like mm-hmm. the main one being Twitch, and then i also like building more business focused things like merch but not just not like merch that's like oh flipping gaming you know buy flipping gaming's merch because that's the flipping gaming channel like i think of making a merch line that has a broader thing where it's like you don't have to know who flipping gaming is to buy that merch you could see see a shirt that i made that's like a- anybody could think that that was catchy and then they they get that shirt or something like that that's kind of what I envision for my yeah ideas
2: I think a lot of, I think that a lot of successful creators have realized and let me know like, have realized that if you want to like be super successful you can't just rely on income from just your content you have to make it into a yeah. You have to make it into a business. You cannot just do content and live off of that. You can't. I mean, you can, but like, it's not like smart. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: It's not. Yeah. It wouldn't be like you could do way more if you invest, if you do all these other things, and which is a lot of people, you know, that's why like all the NFT stuff's coming out. And like,
1: um... I don't know. We we're going to get to NFTs with Steph. It's not. No, no, no. We don't have to do that. Either.
2: No, we don't have to get into that. But what I'm saying, like, people need made it into business. I
0: don't have NFTs, you know. I I feel like I should. Yeah, don't like... don't try them. <laughs> don't try. Him. Not worth it.
2: Oh, is this like a taboo subject? No, there? no. We're
0: just, he's... Nah, I'm just bitter. I got. I I like Why? tried. Just because I was like, I tried to do NBA Top Shot, which was like an NFT thing, and I put in like two thousand and immediately got ten thousand. I was like, oh man. I like know what I'm doing with NFTs. Like I just yeah. quintupled my money. Didn't pull all any right. of the money out and just immediately lost all of it within like a month. And then, and then I was like, you know what? It?
1: This is dumb. He just kept reinvesting. Yeah. I would just, we, so we did it together. Uh, um, and yes. <laughs> like there wasn't any sign that this thing was going to just crash. No. Like it was like blowing up. We had this one weekend where, Actually, I think like on a Sunday or something, we spent the entire day like working the marketplace. Um, Yeah. And it was just like the next day, it was never the same.
0: It was very dumb. (laughs) It was just very classic. I was like, well, you know what? I never actually tried these. So I'm going to try like learning this a little bit. Went in on it, quintupled my money, and then immediately lost it all. And I was like, and I spent like a bunch of time trying to figure it out. And I broke even, so I actually ended up not losing any money in the end. But let's just say that it was a very frustrating process to even break even, and a uh, little salty about it. Yeah. Whatever. I, I believe in NFTs. Wait, for so can part. you
2: explain? Okay, like in like explain. Yeah, you know that term on Reddit. I love this. Eli five. Explain it like I'm five. How did you lose all that money in a day?
1: So well that. The he didn't lose it all yeah, in a day. I, I mean I,
0: I can I can explain it. Yeah. So basically, I took Eli two,
2: five though because I'm not an NFT yeah yeah yeah. Expert, yeah. So, so the like, most the most like,
0: so here's, here's the most simple explanation of it. I took two thousand dollars. I bought two thousand dollars worth of NFTs. After I bought them in a very short amount of time frame, the value of those NFTs went up to ten thousand dollars. I decided ten thousand isn't enough. I'm gonna leave oh. it in. And make it go to a hundred thousand, like oh yeah, it'll go up to a hundred thousand, I'll just hold it, so I held it for like two extra days or something, and it dropped to five thousand or four thousand or something like that, and then instead of pulling out then, I said, "Eh, fuck it, I might as well just keep the money in there, and then it dropped to two thousand and then I basically has it gone up out.
2: since you pulled out, or have you pulled out?
0: Well, so I, I, stuff, or, I don't know I,
2: the terms, like,
0: yeah, so no, it's pulling out. <laughs> I, <Nice. okay. laughs> I, get out I left a few, I left a, f- I still have a few of them, which are probably worth like $700, maybe something like that. But I, I pulled out the rest. Who knows? It'll yeah. probably go skyrocket back up again just to piss me That's off. That's a anymore. lot of
2: things with like investing, though. It's always a risk,
0: yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't regret it. It's just annoying. Yeah, whatever. That, that
1: is very, that's <laughs> so the simplified it is version.
2: Subject, my bad.
1: What? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so it is like taboo, my bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's just salty. I just,
2: I, I feel well, like that's
0: a very me thing. Now. <laughs> he also,
1: like pretty much all of his friends made money. Yeah, off of I, it. That's,
0: that's what pisses me no. off. Everyone else well, made I, money. Is, like, I made so money. Many
2: are, so many creators are seeing so much success with NFTs. Yeah.
0: yeah. I am not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, to be fair. I, I
2: hopped on it too late. I hopped on it too late. I'm like, it's like, I'm way too late for me to even get it on this train. But, like, I think you could do some really cool projects out of it. To, to
1: be fair, for him, like, you know, that's <laughs> nah, fine. You could. Can- it is what it is. No, I like yes, that was the simplified version, but when you just explain it in numbers, and I know you asked for the simplified <laughs> version, but there's like no context to why he kept it in. Like, I believed it was going to go. It up. was booming. Yeah, it was but, completely uh, like booming. I'm telling you like we spent an entire Sunday just doing this, and in that Sunday, like I tripled my money. Yeah, it was it was fun until it wasn't. And we were like, "Holy fuck, this is nuts." And I actually would have made more money but, like, we kind of had a couple different philosophies on how we were going to approach it. And I remember we talked that Monday morning, and I was going to do something. But after we talked, I got emotional. Not, like, sad. Like, just, like, he impulsive. He was blowing his eyes out. I was crying. Yeah, I was really sad. <laughs> just went through a break. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I got impulsive because I was like, oh, he's got this going on. I should probably try to get this going on. And it ended up losing me money because what he was doing you know was even
2: i for anyone that's on audio like please watch this on video because steven is so <laughs> He's like shaking his head left to right like this har- i'm
0: just <laughs> i'm like really competitive so like when, I, when a bunch of other people do this and they figured out, and I'm in here. I feel like I'm spending all this time. I'm like, nah, this this one's going to go up.
1: And then just nothing panned out. It's fine. Wait,
2: Brandon, please finish what you were saying. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like,
1: the one thing I got impulsive with was I listened. He had all these, like, his philosophy was tr- basically to trust that the market was going to keep going up, you know, whereas mm-hmm. originally, I didn't really have any other investments after I tripled my money. So... I was like, okay, maybe you're right. So I then reinvested in some more and I ended up losing money on those.
0: You can't trust me with this finance stuff. (laughs) At this point, we know I invested in crypto at the absolute highest point. I was like, you know what? I'm in on crypto, spent money on crypto. Literally the next day, it was just a rapid decline in crypto. I'm I'm really down to half what I put in. Tell me
2: you did not invest on Thursday right before the crash on Friday.
0: No, I'm saying I invested in Bitcoin (laughs) when it was at 66,000. And now it's (laughs) 35,000 Like that's what I'm saying I'm saying I managed to time it The perfect point of its highest peak (laughs) And then it literally just (sighs) So I'm just not a big fan of investing I'm just putting all my money in banks I don't care about boomers Don't like I'm I'm, I'm going to use boomer strategies Put all my money in banks I don't care about that the what banks a big might fail. Whatever. Of
2: investing, man. I think it's like if you're smart about it and you can time it right and you can like do your own research. I think it's
1: like you can really change your life. Listen, the real <laughs> reason we bought brought you on the show today is we're looking for a small investment of five to ten thousand so we can put it into crypto. All right. We know we haven't been successful yet, but if you just trust us Dude, with the small law investment, of
0: averages. I am bound to get lucky with one of these next investments because I couldn't have butchered <laughs> these anyways.
2: Hey, but was it not a good learning?
0: Project? Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. That's why I did it. I just needed yeah. to learn the lesson.
2: That's <laughs> he, why he, I did it.
0: he needed to learn how to burn a hole in his pocket. he Needed to learn that lesson.
2: He's like, I could have spent this time editing a video. Blah blah blah
0: blah. Like, yeah, no, I was incre- actually. Yeah, ironically, I was like, you know what? I guess sp- I spent too much time editing. Let's spend more time on finances. <laughs> really worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so far so good
0: all right so we ending the show like always with movie critics must go simple game show where brandon reads the movie synopsis and we
1: have to guess what percentage uh the movie got uh out of 100 well and it's the critic score yeah it's you gotta guess the rotten tomatoes critic score so there's an audience score and a critic score critics obviously think differently than audience so when you're giving your percentages think like a critic all right okay if you even know. Okay, what I have mean. a
2: question. The higher the percentage, the better the movie, right? Correct.
1: Correct. Okay. All right. So our first one is called. So I don't have these specific years of these movies, but they're all within the last twenty years. So we're saying like two thousand two onward. Yeah. Okay. So this most re. So, so the first one is called The Assistant. Here's the synopsis. Jane, a recent college graduate and aspiring film producer just landed her dream job as a junior assistant to a powerful entertainment mogul. Her day is much like any other assistant making coffee, ordering lunch, arranging travel accommodations and taking phone messages. But as Jane follows her daily routine, she grows increasingly aware of the abuse that insidiously colors every aspect of her workday and an accumulation of degradations against which she decides to take a stand. Okay, I'll, I'll go first in this one. So, two, two quick things on it.
0: Jane, not a very popular name in 2002 onward. So that's, <laughs> that's strike one. This movie's out of touch. Second thing, that's a really long synopsis. So I feel like they didn't have a lot going for this movie so they decided to make a really fluffy synopsis to hide the fact this movie is garbage 11%. <laughs> All right.
1: Oh
2: my- <laughs> Wait, is this a real movie? Yeah. Oh my god, that's awful.
1: <laughs> you don't like this movie?
2: Are you kidding? That's freaking horrible. That is the most boring plot like what? Okay, you're an assist. Okay. I'm sorry, but I would never pay to watch that movie. 2%. <laughs> I hope Are
1: you it's kidding 2%.
0: me? I hope it's lower than my 11%. I'm just going to give
1: this like a, such a generic, just out of the sake of like, I definitely <laughs> think it's better than 2%. I definitely think that Jane being the main character's name doesn't dictate the it's percent. Out t- it's
0: out of touch. It's, it's out of touch. It's movie. <laughs>
1: out. Dude, this is, this sounds like a drop. You people, critics love these drop. Critics love boring movie synopsis. They do, but I think there's a lot of fluff in it. I'm going to give this an 80%. That's out of touch. 80%? That's
2: ambitious.
1: (laughs) This is one of the most (laughs) polarizing movies I've ever seen. Critics scored it a 92%. Audience scored at twenty five percent. Oh, <laughs>
2: okay, there you go.
1: Holy hell! Hey,
2: for the audience, Holy why hell. would they give it a ninety two percent? Can you please explain it? Because what in the, what makes that movie intriguing whatsoever?
1: They're talking about the performances of the actors. Oh, of um, course. Of course. Oh, okay. It, and, so we didn't a met- get that part. And the, and the message of the movie uh, gives a, a withering critique of workplace harassment and systemic oppression. Um, yeah, it's garbage.
2: Oh, so it's like relatable, I guess, kind of.
1: I'm yeah, not yeah. buying it. So uh, this is why I told you before we play this game, think like a critic. You immediately are like, this movie sucks 2%. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
2: thought you meant like be critical. So I was like, okay, yeah, it sucks too.
1: <laughs> no, like think like a movie. Yeah, movie critics are not pretentious. A
2: critic. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, are think, you have another one? Do we do it again?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we do we do the best of three. If we tie at three, we do a fourth one for a tiebreaker. Okay. So I won the first one because I was the closest. So I got one point.
2: I have a question. <laughs> Since you guys have done these a lot, are critics nicer than like I would think? Probably So I've got well, to like kind
1: of. If it. this last movie was any indication, no, because you gave this a 2% <laughs> and they give it a 92. Basically think like, okay. like maybe a mainstream audience, like might really like, I don't know, like a really high, like a comedy movie, like Step Brothers audience. People will love stepbrothers, but critics will be like, Yeah, okay. what is what is stepbrothers saying about our society? What 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 kind of performances are the actors giving? I think the genre matters oh. a
0: lot for how critics respond. Just think more pretentious. What
2: matters, what matters a lot for how
0: critics? I think respond? like like critics do not rate highly comedies, but audience usually likes comedies, I feel like. Yeah. Well, like the percentage is higher.
2: True. I think. Okay.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Okay. I don't know about other genres, though. Basically, just try to think as pretentious as you can, and you probably okay. will, will get it. <laughs> It'll help. Alrighty. Um. All right. So this next one is called 99 Homes. Hmm. Um. A desperate construction worker, played by Andrew Garfield, reluctantly accepts a job with the ru- ruthless real estate broker, who plays Michael? Or who's played by Michael Shannon, who evicted him and his family from their home. You want to give this one a shot first, Steph? That's it? That's it?
2: <laughs> All right. Thinking like a critic, I'm going to say that it is unrealistic to have 99 homes. Right? <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: Okay, I like it.
2: (laughs) It's unrealistic to have 99 homes. So as a critic, this video, this movie already is unrealistic. And really the plot's like not really going anywhere for me. Um, What was the second line of that? The last line?
1: So it's a desperate construction worker reluctantly accepts a job with the ruthless real estate broker who evicted him and his family from their home
2: okay however the eviction thing i think that that will compensate for the bad um unrealistic 99 home thing so i'm gonna give it because i think that's relatable a lot of people have been in that situation unfortunately so i'm gonna say that this is a 76 percent.
0: okay Steven? well it depends on where this falls around to the 2008 housing market crash because i think people <laughs> would feel like they're being spit on with that 99 homes title because clearly back then, people were really struggling with that. Um, but the critics probably do have homes because they're pretentious. So I feel Ooh. like they connected more with this movie because it's 99 homes of which they could maybe afford. Um, and I think that these Beverly Hills jerks
1: gave this movie an 88%. So you said 88. What did you say? 76. 76 oh i was hoping you'd go higher because i was gonna i was gonna go in between because here's the thing is andrew garfield is an amazing actor but i feel like I well, we didn't heard... have
2: this we didn't have this information we didn't know the actors
1: yeah i read the actors
2: but we didn't know the actors oh you read it to us
0: <laughs> i did i did hear andrew garfield yeah i, I didn't hear anyone else, oh, okay but hear okay that.
2: well i don't know who that is so it wouldn't be <laughs>
1: So she jumps down my fucking throat about it. She's like, well, I don't even know who it is anyway. So fuck you.
2: (laughs) I just don't like losing, but go ahead.
1: So he's a good actor, but I feel like because he's a well-known actor, if this movie was good, I think I would have heard more about it. So I'm going to give this one a 65%. Low guy, huh? Let's take a look. Steven takes this one 92%.
0: (laughs) 92%? Why? That's two movies in a row with 92%.
1: You want to hear what the critics say about it?
0: (laughs) No, I don't care about the critics, what they say. I just care what I want. She's curious.
1: You don't care?
2: Yeah. Well, is it long? Then no.
1: No, it's not long. Okay. So, again, powerful acting, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, a patiently constructed narrative. And a modern economic parable whose righteous fury is matched by its intelligence and compassion. What year is it? 2014.
0: So after the housing market, when it was at a really bad point. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Yep.
2: Okay. And there's one more you said, right?
1: Yeah. Unless you get this right. If you get this right, then we go to a tiebreaker. Okay. All right. I'll go first on this one because you guys have both gone first. All right. This is called The One I Love.
0: Already zero. Just kidding. (laughs) You locking in that zero percent already.
2: I'm just kidding.
1: Steph just isn't a fan of love. Um, Interesting coming from the relationship expert on TikTok. You hear this first, folks. (laughs) A couple uh, played by Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss, who we just talked about, Jess looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A couple whose marriage is crumbling have a surreal experience during a weekend getaway at a house recommended by their therapist. Their therapist is played by Ted Danson. Oh, man. See, Elizabeth Moss is a great actress, and I feel like. What the is fact- she in again? What? What is she in? She's in Mad I'm Men, She's me. in Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Um, she's in that movie with that invisible guy that like the horror movie where the invisible guy tries to kill her. Okay. Um, Ted Danson is also a popular guy. Uh, you know what? I'm a romantic. I believe in love. Okay. I believe in that we can find the one that we love. I don't think there's just one, but I believe that we can find at least one that we love. So I believe in this movie. I'm going to give this one a 96%.
0: That is very high. Um, I mean, this one's kind of, it sounds like it's just a generic movie about love. Uh, does it say what genre it is?
1: No. So well, no genre.
0: That. So I'm going to make up that it's uh It's a horror comedy.
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: I'm going to make up that's a horror comedy. And uh I think it's oh, I just think this is like just an average movie. But the the critics probably like it more than average because they're the critics and they like any movie about love. So they probably gave it like an 80%. 80%. When was the movie made? 2014.
2: 2014. All right, that's irrelevant. I just wanted to know when it was made. Okay. So I think that there are a lot of love movies. So I think there's standards about a romantic movie. What is it, a romantic horror? Is it actually? No, that a thing? Th- no it's That not. was a joke. <laughs> I am very gullible. What is, the, what is the genre?
1: I can't tell you that.
0: Yep. Why? You don't get to know. It's against the rules. It's against the rules.
2: Okay. Well, it sounds like it's like a romance movie. So I'm going to say the critics are going to be more critical. And um, this Elizabeth, what's her name, Mogul? Elizabeth Mogul. <laughs> Elizabeth Mott's. Mott's? Elizabeth. Okay. Beth. Beth. I think that uh, she sound, her name is very popular, and I have never seen a movie before. So I'm going to go that this movie was like subpar acting. So I think on that alone, they're going to give it a lower rating because the acting, because the acting seems to be very high. um, It correlates highly with the score. I'm going to go with 72%.
0: All right, we got some close ones. Eighty-two percent, Stephen wins. Oh,
2: Steven! <laughs> love that. Wow. Wait, Steven, you should be a movie.
0: Co- yeah, I think that's how this works for sure. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm gonna like, rate some in, movies. Like
2: you should do that in your YouTube stuff.
0: Yeah, I I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna review movies I don't watch. That's can, <laughs> can you imagine
2: no, how mad really
1: people would get movie. if I did that? You, you I would should, watch. It. It'd be funny. You should always have Steph on as a guest to mispronounce the actors' names. <laughs> I'm gonna pass it to my uh, my co-host Steph. This- uh, so, pronounce these actors: <laughs> Andrew Garfin. I- I've never heard of him, but uh, no, so I guess he's popular. That,
2: there's no, please, like, oh my god, because you know this is what I learned being in social media. Literally, when like the person that you're talking about is actually. In the- and I just suck at names. Faces, great. I can be like, "Oh, I saw that guy in that movie." I can do that, but names, titles, nope, no idea. Well, but he... Bethy, Bethy over here. I guess she's got a good career. <laughs> yeah, good a lot
1: of a lot of people call her Bethy. So, That's yeah, a... we
2: love Bethy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Either way, it was entertaining. For and, sure, I'll take always. I'll take the victory again. You yeah, got the victory. Love the
0: victory. Um, Steph, thank you for being on the show here today. Where can people find you?
2: Um, All social media, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, at Stephanie Telly, Twitter too. I share a lot of my fun opinions on Twitter and I do a lot of polls. It's very very fun. We follow each other on Twitter. Yeah, that's where you can find me.
1: Awesome. And we'll put the links in the description so make sure you... uh... You go check her out. If you have any thoughts, comments, or questions on the show, feel free to reach out to us, emgpod at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media at emgpod. Um, If you are a content creator that wants to be on the show, feel free to reach out to us as well. Uh, We really appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you next time. See you soon. Bye. (laughs) What was that pause? What? What? (laughs) We do this every week, and I feel like there's at least one part that's, like, the easiest part of the whole show. When we first started doing the podcast, wasn't there, like, a thing that you always did that I had to edit out? You always paused at the end, and I always had to edit it out because it was so awkward. (laughs) I was like, stop fucking doing that because I have to do that. Oh, my God.